Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode on the Defining Decade podcast, where we learn and evolve through our 20s together as an enlightened and aligned community. I am your host, Anna Venetis, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. It's a new month. It's a new school year for so many. It's a new era of this podcast, and we are back and better than ever, and you have no idea how excited I am to get this shit started again. As many of you know, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus, a hiatus to essentially clear my mind and take a moment to evaluate where I am in life right now, where I would like to be, and what I need to do in order to get there. In light of so much introspection, I have inevitably realized many things about myself, my life, and the world as a whole, as we are always doing throughout our lives. We are constantly learning and evolving as we age and as we experience more things. I think it's important to celebrate this, important to celebrate the fact that we are capable of such growth throughout our entire lives and capable of turning this knowledge into beautiful opportunities for so much more in our lives. Since it's the season of learning and it's the season of school and education, I think that it felt super appropriate that my first episode back be about all of the things I have learned or fully realized, not only during this time, but throughout my entire life. It's a beautiful thing that we are never done learning. Let's just get right into it. Number one, the same situations will keep arising until we learn the lesson that needs to be learned. You'll continue to be in the same kinds of relationships, in the same job positions, in the same financial situations, facing the same dilemmas until you are able to properly reflect inward and address the root cause of the problem. We've heard this before. You're going to keep being given the same situation until you learn the lesson that needs to be learned. Why are these the people you are choosing? Why are these the jobs you are applying to and getting hired for? Why are you unable to save any money? Our lives are a direct result of our actions. No matter which way you spin it, your actions have led you to exactly where you are right now. Some of you may be wincing at that and others may be proud. It could be a little bit introspective for you to hear that right now. And no matter which one is you, I want you to ask yourself why. Why does that make you uncomfortable? Or why does that make you proud? No matter where you are on the spectrum, we all have something to learn. We are the creators of our stories, and ultimately, it is up to you how your life turns out. Even when you can con- cannot control something, you can control the way you react, control the way you handle the situation. The moral of the story being, until you fully come to terms with the fact that you are in control here, you will continue living your life as a pawn in the hands of someone else. You will continue to let life control you instead of controlling it. We are the creators of our own destiny. You write your own story. Whatever cliche phrase you want to use, it's true. It applies. And you need to be able to learn the lessons that the universe is trying to teach you in order to fully take control of your life. By facing issues head on and accepting the lessons being taught to you, you are taking back the reins. You stop letting external circumstances control you because that's what so many people do. And people who are unhappy and don't fulfill the things that they want to are pawns in the game of life. They don't learn how to control the outcome of what they're given. There are always circumstances that we can't control, right? There are always things that we wish had gone differently, but how do you react to them? How do you go about dealing with them? There might be a situation that was completely out of control that occurred, but the way that you 
react to it says everything about you. And it gives the universe an idea of where your mind is at and how much you have learned by the experiences that it has thrown at you. By facing issues head on and accepting the lessons being taught to you, you are taking back the reins. You stop letting external circumstances control you. In other words, in order to break the cycle, you must learn the lesson. Number two, rest is undeniably necessary, not only in fitness, although that has been a huge battle for me. That's a conversation for another time, but creative and personal endeavors as well. You cannot always be giving 100%. Your mind, body, and soul need time to relax and recover in order to perform at maximum capacity. It's basic science. We all know this. We're all aware of this, right? And sometimes we just choose to ignore it. For what reason? I mean, there are a hundred reasons, toxic productivity being one of them. I have been learning this the hard way recently, trying to train full-time while also working full-time, get adequate sleep, stay within my macros, work on this podcast and my personal training and nutrition coaching certifications has proven to be quite difficult. It's a mouthful to just say. (laughs) I'm tripping over my words right now as it is. It constantly feels like there aren't enough hours in a day. And how many times do you hear people say that? How many times do you hear people say, I can't get it done. There's not enough hours in a day. It's an excuse. And I'm using it as an excuse. But sometimes that really, really is the way that it feels. And I sympathize with people that feel that way as well. Then when I'm too run into the ground from being on the go nonstop and not getting enough rest, I beat myself up for the rest I am forced to take. When I'm not, when I'm getting three hours of sleep and waking up super early to go to work and then directly after work going to train at the gym for hours on end, I'm forced to go home and I'm forced to crash. Or sometimes that training session can't even happen because I'm just so exhausted I can barely stay awake. It took me a while to accept that I need to relax to be good at all of the things that I am trying to do in my everyday life. If I am not resting, I will not be the best athlete, the best employee, the best podcaster, or the best trainer that I know I am fully capable of being. I can be all of these things, but I need to be well-rested, Anna, in order to do them. (laughs) It took me a while to simply be kinder to myself and my body. And honestly, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to compassion for yourself, for how much you are doing and being grateful that you are able to perform at that capacity and then honoring your body, your mind, and your soul and taking the rest that it needs in order to do all of these amazing things and in order to be good at them. We can't drain ourselves and then expect to be good at our craft. And I won't lie, I still struggle with the toxic productivity mindset. And I think I might always, but I'm actively practicing this restful mindfulness. There is always something I could be doing. Always. There's always something we could be doing. But the fact of the matter is sometimes sleep and doing nothing are the most productive and the most important. Number three, trusting people is fucking difficult. Coming from the hyper-independent queen, I know how it feels. But there will be moments in your life where you are forced to do so. It's better to learn how to do so in a way that best suits you. If you're here, you probably have some sort of trust issues. (laughs) Let me start by saying that independence is so important. And I strive to be more independent every single day. And I thrive on my independence. It's such a big part of who I am, but there does come a point when there is too much independence, hyper-independence, if you will. Not letting people help you, not letting people in, not letting anyone give you any kind of advice or offer any kind of assistance. No, I can do it on my own. You can do everything on your own. And I'm a firm believer that at the end of the day, all you have is yourself, 
but there will be moments in your life where you are forced to trust other people. Companionship is a part of human nature, right? I mean, as a species, we seek friendship. We seek connection with another human. It's part of who we are. It's genetic. It's biological, I mean. And there comes a point where you're going to have to accept that, whether it be with a colleague, a training partner, a friend, a partner. I mean, I, I think the best example is with relationships. You're never going to have a healthy relationship or a lasting relationship if you are unable to trust another person. You hear it all the time. If you can't trust me, well, then leave, right? And I think that coming from someone who is so independent and who struggles with asking for help, this has been a really, really big thing that I have been trying to overcome. And I'm still actively trying to overcome it, right? You're not going to get over it in one night, in one day. You can't just flip the switch, but you can take small steps to doing so. And I think that looks different for everyone, but I also think that at some point, everyone will be forced to trust another person, whether that's a life or death situation or a figuratively life and death situation. It might mean getting to your goals or not getting to them. I mean, I think that achieving so many goals takes an army. It takes a group of people. Take me as an example, right? I want to be a professional athlete. It sounds so out of this world. I fully believe I can do it, but that's a conversation for another time. I need other people there in order to achieve it. It's not something I can do completely on my own. Does that make sense? Like, yes, at the end of the day, it begins and ends with me. I'm the defining factor in whether I achieve that or not. I create my own destiny, like we were just saying, but the fact of the matter is that I also need a coach. I need other people who believe in me. I need people who are even putting on the event for me to be called a professional athlete. I need other people who believe in me too. And I need to be able to trust these people that believe in me in order for me to have this team behind me. You can't have a team behind you and truly, truly be backed by them if you don't trust them yourself. There's going to be instances where you are forced to trust people. And I strongly believe that you should do so that you should learn to do so in a way that is comfortable for you. It's going to be at, it's going to be uncomfortable in general, but in, if you do it in a way that suits you, it's going to be less uncomfortable when you are presented with a situation where you need to trust someone. So take those small steps today in order to do so later, because if you don't, you'll be left alone. And I guarantee that you won't be able to achieve as much as you think you will alone. You can do anything and everything, but you need to be able to trust people along the way. Number four, chasing quote unquote happiness will only lead you to further unhappiness. You must learn how to be happy on the journey and appreciate the present moments. In trying to achieve happiness, you are focused on what you do not have instead of being grateful for what you do have. You've heard this before. This isn't a revelation. This isn't new fucking news to you, right? This sounds like quote unquote, I'll be happier when I get this promotion instead of being grateful for having a job at all. I'll be happier when I lose 10 pounds instead of being grateful for the beautiful body that functions and carries you through life every single day. I'll be happier when I buy a house instead of being grateful for having a roof over your head at all when there are millions who do not. You get the picture. When you are constantly dwelling on your lack of things, the abundance of blessings that you do have become lost. And it is very, very common for us to take so many things for granted, especially in this day and age. <laughs> If you look around you right now, or if you simply close your eyes and take a deep breath, I know there are at least five things you can list that you are grateful for. 
The funny thing is, as we begin listing them, it becomes easier to think of things as we continue. It's like a snowball effect. I won't sit here and tell you to keep a gratitude journal. Although I will say when I did have one, it made a huge difference. And I am thinking about beginning one again, but I will urge you to try and incorporate that practice more consistently into your routine. It doesn't need to be every day, even if it's only when you're feeling overwhelmed, disheartened, or defeated. Take a moment to just look around and think about all of the beautiful things that surround you on a daily basis. As cliche as it is, and it's a cliche for a reason, they're all cliches for a reason, it is not the destination that matters, but the journey. When you stay grateful, you stay present. And when you stay present, you stay grounded. Being grounded locks you into the journey. And to be completely honest, even though it's fucking hard sometimes, the journey is really my favorite part. Find joy in the everyday motions, in the process of getting somewhere, in failing. Find the joy in failing because there's so much joy in failing. This is something I'm learning too. I have I didn't add this, but it's a good one for another time. It's okay to want things. It's encouraged. Goals are important. But make your method of getting there something you enjoy. I want to win the CrossFit Games, but I would never get there if I did not enjoy training for hours every single day. It's hard, and some days I want to say fuck it, and I want to quit, and I want to give up. But I remember how much I want it, and how much I really love doing it, and why I fell in love with this in the first place, and how blessed I am to even be in this position, and I keep pushing. And I love to keep pushing. Find the joy in the push, and you will find the joy in the present. Number five, make it a point to input little moments of joy into your daily routine in order to make it less mundane and to have something to look forward to. This heavily connects to what we were just talking about, staying in the present moment, being grateful, and is one of my personal favorite tricks to making the day-to-day less day-to-day. I am a creature of habit, especially recently, as are most people, and most of my days consist of the exact same routine, without much variety and almost down to the fucking minute. I'm not kidding. This sounds like torture. It does, I know. And it absolutely sometimes feels that way. Sometimes I feel absolutely trapped, especially for someone who is so adventurous and and gets bored quite easily. But this is needed for this season of my life, and I do realize that and recognize that. And in order to achieve my goals... I have to do this. And I have admittedly, like I just said, fallen in love with this journey. With that being said, sometimes it gets boring. And for that, I have become the master of finding ways to make my daily life more enjoyable. And I have found this to be one of the most effective. Making your favorite lunch, getting a fun drink in the middle of your workday, which I do way too much, going on a walk with a friend you haven't seen, baking a new dessert, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure you could think of a few more examples. These are things that don't take up too much time. They can quickly be added into your already established routine, right? Things that you can pretty easily implement into a structured daily routine that give you something to look forward to. Think of it as a a vacation on a much smaller scale, much smaller scale, even a weekend coming up, still on a smaller scale. When you have a vacation planned, you have something you are looking forward to. You may even be counting down the days. When you plan on buying your favorite coffee on your lunch break, you also have something to look forward to. It helps you get through the present moment if it's quite uncomfortable, right? Not as extravagant as a vacation, but it is something that makes your day even just a bit more enjoyable. Once you learn how to slow down and pay attention to these smaller everyday things and even make it a point to make them happen, your life begins to feel less mundane and more fulfilled and meaningful.
try it out. I promise you will not regret it. <laughs> Number six, commitment is what gets you started. Consistency is what gets you places and persistence is what keeps you going. I don't think I have to explain this one too much, but I'm going to just reflect on my journey at the moment, right? So professional athlete is the goal. It's the dream for so many, right? And I'm chasing that dream actively. And I mean, I've made that journey quite accessible to a lot of people. And I like to track my progress and tell you all about the ups and downs of this journey, because a lot of people make it look like it's all glamour and all fun and rainbows and roses. And there's a lot of heartbreak and a lot of challenges and obstacles that you are met with on this journey, just like any other, right? And it's not all great. <laughs> and I think that using that as an example for this lesson is a great way to summarize. So commitment is what gets you started, right? Commitment to anything gets you actively started. So you can go to the gym, you can quote unquote, get started at the gym. And if you're not committed to it, you haven't actually begun. So you need to at least be there for a month. I, I know you form a habit, right? But you need to at least be there for a month. And that's what gets you started. You need to commit to something in order to get started at all. Anything, not just the gym. But for me, I started so young. So I started my freshman year of high school. I started CrossFit and I started lifting. And I became committed to it really, really quickly. And it was my mom's commitment that got me started. So my mom was already committed to the sport and committed to going every single day. And then she got me started and inevitably that commitment rubbed off, right? So she was already actively going every day and I now fell in love with it. So of course I was going to go with her too. So that's where the commitment comes into play. So if you're looking to actually get started with something, you need to commit to it. You need to commit to beginning. Okay. Consistency is what gets you places. We've been hearing it nonstop recently. Consistency, discipline, da, 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 da. It's about run into the ground. And I think we all get the message, but some of you really don't. Some of you really don't get the message. It's going in it in one year and not the other. You don't fully understand what that means. And it took me a long time or a bit to really fully comprehend what consistency looks like. Consistency is uncomfortable. Consistency isn't just, you know, eating well when you feel like it or going to the gym when you feel like it. And, oh, I still went enough. So I'm being consistent enough. At the end of the day, going to the gym twice a week isn't going to get you results. It's consistent, but is it consistency? I don't think so. Is it discipline? I don't know. It's a part of your life, but it's not part of your life. I don't know if that's making sense. I hope it's coming across the way I need it to come across. But when you are actively consistent in something, that's when you start seeing results. So commitment gets you started. You begin the gym, you're there for a month, you're committed, right? You're, you, you've started seeing some results and now you're committed to to continuing. Consistency is what is what continues on, you on that journey. So for me, I am consistent in my training plan almost every single day. So I train about six days a week. And if I'm not consistent in that, I'm not going to get places. If I say, okay, I'm going to cut this down to two times, I'm going to be less consistent. I'm not, I'm not going to achieve what I need to achieve, right? And lastly, persistence is what keeps you going. So you need to be persistent. You need to be resilient in order to keep going in any endeavor, not just as an athlete, but any career choice, even life itself, you need to be persistent in order to keep going. So I 
am beaten down a lot and I'm given a run for my money on almost a daily basis, right? But I believe in myself and I'm confident in my abilities and I am one of the most resilient people that I know. And with that comes persistence. And that's what keeps me going, right? I hope this kind of put it into perspective and I hope you were able to apply this to your own life because I think that applying it to your own life will really, really, really help put things into perspective. Number seven, your habits define you. What you do today is a reflection of who you will be tomorrow. Take care of not only yourself right now, but your future self as well. This is a big one for me, especially in this era of my life where I am so busy and have so many things to be focusing on. An example I like to use is meal prepping. You hear it all the fucking time, how it keeps you on track with eating healthier and saves you so much time. And I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but it's true. I'm not going to preach meal prep to you, although I definitely could. (laughs) The nutrition coach in me definitely, definitely could. But what I will say is meal prepping has helped me so much with such early mornings at work, straight into long training sessions at the gym, which lead to later nights and then repeat. Without it, I would either not be eating or not eating very optimally for my goals. Actively, I am doing something that present me doesn't love, but sets future me up for success. And after doing it so much, it has become a non-negotiable habit. And it only takes about 20 minutes, by the way. (laughs) This goes for everything, not just meal prepping, but deciding to go to sleep instead of scrolling on your phone, beginning to actually work instead of waiting for the motivation to work, doing laundry on a weekly basis instead of letting it pile up. You get the picture. Choosing to set your future self up for success instead of choosing comfort in the present moment teaches discipline and discipline is rooted in your habits. Your habits create your life. What you do every day is actively how you are living your life. Remember that act on that and your future self will thank you. Number eight, you have to believe in yourself before anyone else will. Confidence is built when you continue showing up for yourself. This is self-love. It's what it is. This lesson is all about self-love, confidence in the self, believing in yourself, believing that you can do hard things and then doing them. This goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, how habits create your life and habits set your future self up for success. Habits also build trust within the self. And when you trust yourself, you're more confident in yourself and you love yourself more because think about it. If you have a friend who says they're going to do things and then constantly flakes on you. Do you trust them? You don't. And are you fully confident that they'll show up for you and they'll be there for you? You're not. But when you have a friend who says they'll do something and fully executes every single time and shows up every single time they say they're going to, you trust them. You believe that they'll be there when you need them. Think about that in terms of yourself. If you say you're going to wake up at 5am and go to the gym and you never do, you don't fully believe it. And therefore, are you really going to do it? Probably not. Do you trust yourself? You don't. So do you think that you're going to be confident in your ability to build the habit of going to the gym? No. If you say you're going to wake up at 5am and you do, and you do it every single day and you do it on a consistent basis, do you trust yourself? Absolutely. Have you built the habit of going to the gym early in the morning? Yeah, you have. You're more confident in your abilities. You're more confident that you're going to execute what you say you're going to do. And I think that being confident in the self and being confident in your actions builds self-love. It helps you to trust in who you are and believe in who you are. 
And when you believe in who you are, you're able to do harder things. Because if I don't believe in myself, I, I'm not going to believe that I can do hard things. And if I believe that I can't, then I won't. Right? So the fact of the matter is believing in yourself before anyone else. Well, this isn't always the case. Sometimes there are people who see something that you don't. And this has happened to me on multiple occasions. And I think me being a professional athlete is a great example. I've wanted it. But there were people who believed in me before I believed in me. And it's because of them that I believe in myself. So this isn't always the case, but sometimes it is. So there might be some of you that are like professional athlete, my ass, right? Like that's never going to happen for her, but I believe in me and me believing in me will make some of you believe in me. You don't all have to believe in me. It doesn't matter, right? I don't need other people to believe in me because I believe in myself. And I think that's the bigger takeaway from this, right? If you believe in yourself, you don't necessarily need validation from other people. If you validate yourself, you don't need external validation. But like I was saying before, sometimes it takes an army. And sometimes there are things that you need a team to accomplish. And therefore, you need to see the vision. And you need to believe in the vision and believe in yourself and believe in your capabilities and your execution before other people might might see that vision and believe in it themselves, right? So when you show up for yourself and you're consistent and you trust yourself and you're confident, you can begin to execute. And when you begin to execute and you believe in that execution and those abilities and in yourself, other people will follow along. It's like when you walk into a room and you're genuinely confident, other people see it without you having to say a single word because it's an aura. It's an energy. So when you believe in a project and you believe in yourself, because at the end of the day, we are all projects. Each and every one of us is a project, right? We're more than a project, but you understand what I'm saying. Other people will too. So take a moment to fully reflect. Do you trust yourself? If you say something, do you think that you're going to execute? Do you think that you're going to fulfill your goals and your dreams and your aspirations? If you don't, there might be some finagling to do, some alterations to be made, right? If you do believe in yourself, you're off to a great start. I think we can all practice self-love a bit more, compassion for the self, being kind to the self. So I think that that's a huge takeaway. Self-love, love yourself. You're beautiful and I love you. But sometimes we have to believe in ourselves and love ourselves before other people will. Number nine, failure and adversity are the greatest fucking teachers. Falling and then having the courage and power and confidence to get back up and try again teach you so much more than succeeding the first time around. Nothing worth having ever comes easy. Look at anyone successful. You think that Simone Biles just walked into a gym and succeeded her first time doing these skills? You think that she was competing at an Olympic level the first time she walked into a gym? Absolutely not. None of all of us know that's not true, right? She had to fail a million times before she got to the level that she's at. And we've even seen her take a break and say, I need to step back for a second. That's not failure, but that's other mental struggles and outside factors coming into play. And she had to take a step back and she had to reflect and she had the courage and power and confidence to get back up and come back and be the athlete that she is, right? And I think that that's obviously one example. And there's examples in each of our lives, in our everyday lives, in everyone's lives. We've all failed, quote unquote, at some point. And we've all gotten back up and we're still here. And that, that's, there's a lot to be said for that courage and that power and that strength. 
Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I think that when you fail at something, it makes you that much better. You have something to look back on and reflect on and learn from, right? Like, okay, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to do this instead. Let me take a different route, right? Let me just alter, alternate this path just a bit. And I think that that's the greatest teacher that we can ask for. Anyone successful has failed. We've all failed at something. And I don't like to look at it as failure. Although I don't think failure is inherently bad for that reason and that reason alone is that it, it's such a great teacher. It teaches you so much about yourself, about what you're trying to pursue, about what to do and what not to do, that I don't think failure is a bad word. We just connotate it with negative feelings, right? So then it becomes bad in our minds. I think that failure is necessary. And just like I said, anyone who succeeds in anything has failed. Nothing worth having ever comes easy. So you're not going to get it the first time around. I failed myself. I've failed multiple times. And especially on this professional athletic journey, I failed. There's competitions that I haven't won. Anyone that's won anything, that's done anything, has been second place, has been last place, has not placed whatsoever, right? I think that when you have the power and the strength to get back up and try again, it says a lot about you and a lot about your character, a lot about who you are and what you're willing to do for your craft, right? So the next time that you don't do something to your expectations or you quote unquote fail, look at it as a learning experience because that's exactly what it is. Take away what you need to take away from it and then change the direction that you go in. I think that people need to fail multiple times before they can succeed. Number 10, you become the people you surround yourself with. Surround yourself with people who believe in themselves, who believe in you. People that are optimistic and disciplined and uplifting. We've heard this before. I think we've all heard this before. You become the people you surround yourself with. And it's true. If you've looked at who you are when you've had certain groups of friends, they're probably different people. I've hung out with many different kinds of people and I'm not even going to reflect on that. I'm just going to reflect on my current situation because I'm so grateful for the people that I'm surrounded with, from my coworkers to my training partners and my friends. Everyone is so great. Everyone is so uplifting and everyone has something to offer, right? You need to find people that have their own lives, okay? So I think, I think a good example is a relationship where someone tries to make their partner their entire life and it ends up dragging you both down right? You can't be that co-dependent. Co I think that's a good example of just someone that is not great for you. I want to reflect on the people that I've surrounded myself with because I genuinely wouldn't be where I'm at in my work and my training and my athletic career, if you will, if it weren't for the people that I have by my side. Everyone in the gym has pushed me in one way or another, and I'm so grateful for every single one of them. And I hope, I know a couple of them are listening to this, so thank you. I appreciate you. And my coworkers, I know a few of you are listening to this as well. I appreciate you. And without you, I, I honestly don't think I would survive. <laughs> okay. Um, and I think that I have learned so many valuable things from so many of you, and I can take away something that I've benefited from, from each and every single one of you. All of this to basically say, make sure that the people you're surrounding yourself with, you actually want to be giving your time and energy. If 
the people that you're surrounding yourself with are draining your energy, it's a good sign that they're not for you. Okay. You need people who are going to uplift you, fulfill you, keep you disciplined, keep you on the right path, inspire you, motivate you, that make you want to be better. Everyone I'm around makes me want to be better. And that's how I know I'm surrounded by a great group of people. So I love you all. I love you all so much, okay? Make sure that your friends make you feel this way and make you as happy as I am talking about all of them. Because if that's the case, then they're the right people for you. That's all I have for you guys. That's it. That's a wrap. That's episode number one. Back in the game, right? We're back and we're better. And this time around, we're staying consistent. I, I know I took this hiatus and this break, but I really, really needed it. And I appreciate all of your patience. And I appreciate you all letting me share my thoughts and just spitting words at all of you. It has been so much fun talking to you today, as it always is. I'm so excited to be back. I know I keep saying it. Thank you for letting me share what goes on in my brain. And thank you even more for listening and engaging and loving the podcast almost as much as I do. I am so blessed to have you here. Thank you for returning and thank you for being consistent listeners. We are back and better than ever and I could not be happier about it. If you have further questions or thoughts or honestly anything at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram, either my personal page or the podcast page. My personal is at Anna Venetis and the podcast page is at Defining Decade Diaries so that you can follow along on my personal journey and receive updates on the show. I also launched some pretty sick merch available in multiple colors and sizes and posted on my Etsy, Venetis Designs. Everything you need from me will also be linked in the description and also is linked in my Instagram bio on my website so that you can follow along on there. Make sure to follow and give this podca podcast five stars if you feel so inclined. It helps me out so much more than you think and only takes a few seconds. I also just implemented a donation feature on the podcast. If you want to donate, it is more than appreciated. You do not have to, but it is appreciated. I will be doing something for the highest weekly donator, so that is in the works. If you have any ideas, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I am so excited for the bright future of this podcast and for our little family. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. Big shout out to everyone that was a new listener since I've been away because our audience has grown so much. It's about tripled. So hello, new friends. I'm so happy you're here. Have an absolutely gorgeous day or night. We will talk next week. I promise. In the meantime, reach out on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. You are divinely loved. Stay blessed, my beautiful people. I love you so, so, so much.